It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into a special edition of the Skinny Podcast, the basketball, college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com and Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com. It's a special post-shootout edition. We'll be back with our regular uh, podcast on Wednesday of this coming week where we'll touch on uh, the area schools, including Kentucky, NKU, and some stuff of national interest. But uh, we had planned to do this no matter what the outcome of the game, no matter the way the game shook down, but it's even more apropos now that we're doing it because th- this game doesn't, doesn't disappoint. It either gives us a really, really good game or it gives us some high drama. And fellas, gave us a little bit of high drama. It did not give us a good game. It did not give us a good game. It gave us some Which high drama. Which was disappointing. Because I was looking forward to this game for a long time. I thought it was going to be an epic shootout battle. Instead, it was an epic, uh, epic post-game meltdown battle is what it was. Um, you Mick, want me, you want Mick, me Cronin, Mick Cronin, go. First off, a couple things. Yes. First off. Everybody knows J.P. McCure is going to try to get in your head. I do want to to set a stage. I'm glad you just said that. Because we did talk on our podcast, our pre-podcast, that J.P. was going to get under somebody's skin. I think we predicted he was the first technical foul, right? Did we not? Correct. Okay. We just didn't know he'd get under McCronin's skin. We thought it would be a player's. You know, going in 1,000%, he's going to try to get under people's skin. Correct. That's what he does. Somebody on your board actually made a good point. He's very clever in doing it. Sure. He's he's got a Larry Bird to him, kind of. You don't see it a yeah. lot of times. He does. He doesn't go out of his way to be like a big problem. He when he's walking by someone after a play, That's he, says, he says, "You so. can't guard me. You're a blankety blank." Like he's sly he's, about it. He talks smack well. He 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 knows how to disguise it so that it doesn't look like much. And can we can we all agree here that that was not JP at his worst or JP has most rambunctious. We don't know because I don't, I don't, don't know. know what he said. That, but we've, I, see, I, but I, we've I seen him do things it, before. We've seen on. him do things. I would say it was not him at his most demonstrative of what you could see, but I, I, I can't guarantee. I mean, we just saw him against Wisconsin a few weeks ago correct. where he was a wild man and going after a whole fan base. But this but, was not that. But, but subtly saying something that no one else hears other than the people you want to direct it at can still be can be pretty damning. Yeah. Okay. It can be, be okay. pretty inflammatory. So, let, let's go back. So they go through the handshake line, whatever. Something happens. Mick goes back. I think that part is, one, it lasted like three seconds. Being overplayed just a little bit. Two, Mick still can't do that. Correct. You're the head coach. You can't let, small side note, can we please stop calling college seniors kids? <laughs> It's 22, 23 years old. Yeah, that, that, oh, you are very mature at 23. I mean, I met you at nearly 30, and you were not I've very never mature said it, then. But, yeah, I'm still the same <laughs> maturity at 40 that I was at 23. Did, didn't make him a kid, though. Uh, I wasn't a kid. I mean, I agree you're in, not a kid. In, immature but like, adult. But yeah. do you think a college-age student should have should be held to the same standards as a 50-year-old If a 23-year-old says something no, wrong no. to a... A 45-year-old on the basketball court in the hood? You should fight. He gets his ass whipped. The, oh, okay. the, the thing is, this has so many layers to it. because I, I mean, You've I never seen a fight and, at, a, and, at a court? And Mick is from the hood, for the record. I didn't say that. No, I, Mick should be held to a higher standard. But this standard. is what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to put words out. in mouths. Mick should be held to a higher standard. 100%. As that's and I, what and I'm, I'm saying. I, and I know you are. I'm just, I just want to reiterate That's exactly that. what I'm saying. He should not have gone and done that. A thousand percent. But two, second point. If Chris Mack's going to allow J.P. McCura to be a punk, <laughs> then you have to deal with the ramifications of J.P. McCura being a punk. And, and, what and, are the and, ramifications and, and, for Xavier, though? And, and, hang on. I'm not, You're now in a public D. 
like this. Xavier, nothing happened to the Xavier. Wisconsin Mick Cronin thing. made a clown of himself, and that's it. Like, nothing happened to Xavier here. The Wisconsin thing, same deal. It makes Xavier look bad. I I honestly don't think Xavier looks bad at all after yesterday. Okay. I oh, can't see I how you I, can think that. I don't know. J.P. McCure's got a track record. Let's, let, let's go there. He, I mean, he, looks had, bad. he has somewhat of a track record. What did he do yesterday that looked bad? I, the, the thing is, he, the thing that didn't look bad, it's a matter of we don't know what he said. Okay, so how can so he look bad if you have no idea it. what he did? Just you, have, you just said you don't know what he said. What okay. does he need to stop? I'll tell you what. How about just not say a word? I mean, period. Mac basically acknowledges the fact that he yeah. MF'd Mick three times because he immediately goes to, well, in 2009, Lance Stevenson called me the end word yes so mac acknowledges that he said that to mick right players talk to mac but but jp was not talking to mick originally jp was talking to you how do you players. know that because we watched it i'm sitting on the floor i watched it It was him and trevor moore you, talking. you're sitting 75 feet. it was right in front of me when it started it was on xavier's end you're sitting 75 it. feet from mick and jp so you can say with 100 certainty JP never said anything to Mick because you 75 no, no, no. JP, feet away JP heard it. JP did. JP was talking to Trevor Moore when the whole thing with Mick started. And Mick told the ref to tell yes. him to shut up. Yes. But Mick went after JP talking first. JP was but talking to Trevor Moore. He told him to shut up. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you just agreed with it, exactly what I said from the get go. This is where, though, officials, th- that this is where you nip this in the bud. You step yeah. in, you say, one more word. They I'm do. Banging you. No, no, no. It's the same no, no, thing they no, do every game. One more word, I'm banging you. One more word, I'm banging you. And one more word, you're gone. And they did that. Not the one more word, you're gone, because it escalated. It escalated it no- quickly. I, I saw nothing in the entire second half that would have warned about it. can you see the UC bench? What? what you're okay. one foot from the end of the Xavier bench. That's not, that's not my point. What 80 in- feet away, you know exactly what's being said and going on in a gym full of 11,000 people. I didn't say that. What I said was, what did you see that was... We've seen heated contests between these teams. Things happen. Kenny Freeze and Yancey Gates headbutt each other after a play. Guys push each other. There's some talking after plays. Like Things happen in these games that you notice. There was nothing in the second half of this game. It wasn't close. The players weren't testy. You see players weren't salty about getting their butts kicked. Like It was a well-played, mild-mannered shootout. Except F- JP MF'd Mick three times, according to Mick, and basically confirmed by Chris Mack. F'd off was actually, I think, what it was. Mick was the one who used MF'er. No, Mick used that. JP said F off, according to Mick. All right, let me go to this. Should Mick Cronin apologize? Yeah, I okay. think so. I don't think it's necessary unless his employers it. do. Okay. I, I think he should. I, I think you I, just I you say, I, hey, I shouldn't have acted like that. Correct. I don't think but, it has to be a big deal, but no, I think right, in the next right. media very, thing, very, very simple. you say, hey, I got caught up in the heat of the motion, uh, heat of the moment. My emotions were running high. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gone back after him. I should have just walked into the locker room. But why don't you say that if that's the case, you have the opportunity in yesterday's post-game press conference, why do you justify your actions instead of saying, hey, I, 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 I think it's still a lot of steam. I, I'm going to give a pass on that because okay, it's still but, a lot of steam. Okay, but when there was still a lot of steam after the brawl, we criticized Xavier's players for, for talking out, out of line. But <laughs> Because then, they said they're going to put people in body bags. Okay. Zip but like, up. Again, Mick, zip them up. If, if you think it's Mick Cronin should have apologized or should apologize now, why wouldn't he just say yesterday, hey, things got too heated, I don't want to talk about that, instead of, again, okay. making it a big deal. The only thing I would tell you, though, Rick, I mean, you, you've, you've, been, you've been mad at something before, and 48 hours later, you come to the rationalization of, you know what, that was dumb. You know what, honestly, I look back, Do you think McCrennan will do that? Because I don't. I don't, um, yeah. and, and I'm not going to hold him hold his feet to the fire and say, you must apologize, but I, I, I think, I think it, would it would be a good, good look thing. to do it. Yeah, I think it would be a good thing. Too. That's all. I do. I, I really and truly do. Three. Yes, I, oh, got I knew there was a third. I, I yeah. thought we were doing it too, but go go with three. I got three. Go with three. I will say, I used to have a huge problem with Xavier, in part because up until the Chris Mack kind of era, they always played this Xavier way, holier than thou, 
we, you know, we do this and we do that. When, I know that gets under UC fans. And, and I've always agreed with you on this. Yeah. I, it's the worst thing Xavier's ever done was say the Xavier way. And now Mac doesn't play that game. Right. He says, you know, even in his defense of JP, it wasn't, he's a good kid. It was more, he's my guy, so I've got his back. We've got gangsters in the locker room, tough guys on the court. That's and and I'm, I'm better with that. Yeah, that's who they are. I'm better with that than like, we're not that, and then being that. Totally agree. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, that's and three. And I, I agree more with you. And, I, and I will We've make, always agreed I will make this point. Um, JP McCure is that guy that on your team you're going to have his back and you're 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 going to let yeah. him slot. But if he's against, you're going to hate him. Yes. And that's where mixed comments that's, that's of fine. he wouldn't play for me are baloney, baloney. Yes, but I'm that's my point of that. that's my point of if you let him act like that, there's going to be incidents that happen that you're going to have to deal with. This was one of them. Wisconsin was one of them. Tripping is one of them. There, I mean, there's a, a, a line of things that he's done. I mean, he, there's never major. been an issue for him tripping. Who knows? We've never seen anything or not, happen for what, that. Well, all the that stuff was Grayson Allen. Done. Yeah, yeah, all the stuff yeah. he's done. Is, <laughs> he's he's kind of got some Grayson Allen. He's he's just, a lot of he Grayson hasn't Allen. escalated to that point yet, though. No question, but that's my point. Like, we see guys cross the line, and there are issues for their teams, and there's things they have to answer for. Really, when have we seen that with JP? Yeah, the only thing I would tell you is, is if I'm Mick Cronin, I know going in he's trying to do something, yeah, you and can't I do just ha- you're better off to ignore it. Yeah. You're just way better off to on ignore that. It. We agree a thousand percent. And not to mention, you like, can't let him get under your skin. And not to mention, you're trying to tell your players to be focused and not let the stuff. Correct. If your coach is losing his mind about it, how is that going to help the situation? Agreed. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't think we'll disagree on that part of it. Right, let's get to the game part of it because there are some things to talk about on on both sides. Um, for Xavier, um, obviously, one of the things I want to is, is Karim Cantor, 17 points off the bench. He he's played pretty well here offensively, and I mean, early on, it was almost like here, go take a shot and make it. Yeah. I, um. I don't know why they left him open from three uh, to get started, but like, at, but Karam is an offensive player. Like that's what he does. That's what he was brought in to do. It's what he's done the last four games now. Um, it for why he started so slowly and struggled against the bad teams Xavier played. It just took him a little bit new to get system, adjusted. I guess. New, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things there too. Yeah, um, but he is coming on, and it's really interesting because Xavier is now in the position that we talked about before the season, where if all three of these guys can give you something it gets really difficult to figure out your rotations. Because Tyreek right. Jones is your best guy. Right. He's dealing with uh, some knee tendonitis, so he wasn't able to, able to play like the last 16 minutes of the game. Then Sean O'Mara is still a senior and has actually been giving them some offensive production when he goes into games. He's been scoring on the block. If Karam now gives you this total other element, I guess what you do is you try to play two bigs more often, as yeah, they did and, some. and maybe. Um, but other than that, it's going to be difficult to work all three of these guys in if they continue to play this way. I'll, I'll say on the two threes, I, I think they went to the zone, the matchup. Yeah. And that's just them. overload the zone, you get the corner three. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it wasn't as if it was like, leave him alone, he can't shoot. It was more... Just not that's, finding that's him. That's the, the flaw in running that matchup zone, and we've seen it when they've run it for the past three years. If you can overload it and you pass well enough, you can get that open corner three. Um Two, I, I wasn't exactly right. I, I keep numbering things now. It's in my I mind. like that. Go ahead. I wasn't exactly right about it being the, the Sean O'Mara game, but it was most certainly the Sean O'Mara and Cantor game. Yeah. Like, the two seniors, one of them, we didn't give Cantor a ton of talk because he's new, but, I mean, he's technically a senior yeah, 30, in the shootout. 30, 34 I, I, minutes, 23.7 rebounds. I, I think and he, they dominate. You see centers were trash. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's more trash. what it was. It wasn't so much of the Xavier big men game. It was more the UC's big men failed to show up in any capacity game. Trash. 
Uh, the, the other Eliel Sasemi was the only quality minutes they got at center pretty much all night. Yeah. I mean, and, and Kyle just doesn't like physicality. We've known that for a while. We knew Xavier was going to go after him in that regard. I'm a little surprised that, like, Nizier Brooks, when he came into the game, this is a team that's usually pretty good defensively. Mick preaches toughness, all that stuff. There was none of it in the low post. Like well, Xavier got wherever they wanted on the block on yeah. offense, and, and I, they dominated. Yeah, against, and against the man. I mean, it was it was it was almost a, not a layup line. That's not the right word, but it was wherever you wanted to get the ball to. You well, were getting the ball to it, and you were making a layup. And and Brooks was getting beat down the floor by Sean O'Mara. Yeah, like I knew the last time that he beat him down the floor in the first half. That was it. That was it for yeah. Brooks. We were not seeing him anymore the rest of the night. I mean, and that's really in terms of what happened early and set the tone for this game. That's where it happened, was at the five. Because UC came in, they, they played defensively, they did it a little different. I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think the point guard position was huge. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. But I think what happened was UC came in, they weren't switching anything. They were playing straight man, and they were playing, basically, you know, leaving the five on an island, thinking that Kyle or, or Nas should be able to handle Fronting the post. Fronting the post. And and Xavier said, okay, you want to take away the three? They went over the top three times. High load them to death. High load them yeah, to death. Yeah, just got the quick seal. That, that pulled UC completely out of the straight-up man. And and it took them probably seven, eight minutes to adjust after that. Uh, they And and by then, it's a 16-point, 15-point whatever game. It was, it was 17. It yeah, was 26 right. to 9 at that point. Yeah. And then, did, you, did you like the press? I mean, I didn't mind it because... I mean, you can't you can't sit back and let them pick you apart at that See, point. See, I, I disagree with this Xavier team. I think you want them being confident in their shooting abilities that they're just going to shoot over you in the half court and work the ball around. And instead of giving them a chance to get downhill, attacking in transition yeah, and get those transitions, I mean, because they did they did turn they, the corner on the press. They, a ton. I mean, like don't get me wrong, they turned the ball over some later in the game after it was already out of hand, and it, and it really helped UC gain some gain some momentum there in the second half. But in that first half. It got Xavier going. The, yeah. the ability to get easy points in transition it, it makes it really hard to guard the Xavier team. And when you've got two guys who can, three guys who can really shoot it from the perimeter, and a couple guys who want to attack downhill in transition like that, it it makes well, it tough. They Plus, didn't you have make to good in a weapon. Downhill. They were just throwing over the top and getting a layup from a center. The first, like the first three or four plays, but then after that, it yeah. was a lot of transition offense. Um, and, and and I think the other thing that 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 I came away with it. UC got it. Really, that shouldn't have been a 13-point game at half. Correct. Correct. That should have been a 25-point game at half, it felt like. But UC stabilized the last 10 minutes of the half. Other, they than, actually, other than the last 45 seconds, which were a little goofy, but yes. But they actually played yeah, a little no, bit of right. defense. They stabilized. Right. They got that thing back to 13. And you think, okay, if they can get this to seven or eight. First or second TV timeout. First or second TV timeout. Yeah. We've got a game coming down to the wire. And instead, Xavier comes out the first eight minutes of the second half and did exactly what they did the first eight minutes of the first half. And 13 goes to 24, and it's done. You're done with 12 minutes left in the game. Well, and, and the thing is, they weren't done yet because like Xavier it has a tendency to do, they're a volatile team. They make runs, and then they give runs up. UC held them scoreless a few, like well, around the 10-minute mark for over three minutes. It got but, to 13 at 7. Just on like right at the 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 under eight timeout, it was thirteen. Yeah, and you see in a position right there to maybe get it to, to maybe get it to, to nine yeah. to get it to eight. 
they hold Xavier three minutes there without a bucket. That's what I'm saying. And they didn't score once. They didn't get a single good look. And then they get the second chance point at five minutes or whatever to get it back to 15. Yeah, Kaiser Gates stick back. Yeah. Kaiser Gates three a few seconds later, and then it's a 15-point game, and it's over. Yeah. Well, uh, still they had a three to get it to six with a minute left. Well, yeah. Uh, you get to six with a minute no, no, left, no, no. though. Crazier you, things have happened. No question. They, they had an opportunity to make it interesting in the final minutes, but like it would have been the one of those was, crazy yeah, comeback scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Kaiser, Kaiser Gates' stability, the, the two plays he yeah. made there around that seven-minute mark made it so that five. Okay, or five-minute mark, UC is going to need to do something really crazy yeah. now. Yeah. Um, last year, if J.P. McCure had gone three for ten in a game, in a big game, does Xavier win? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on what Trayvon Blewett okay. does. It depends on what the guys around him does. JP has games like this. He that, does. I mean, I'm just talking about points last year where they were looking for a third when Edmund was 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 hobbled, where they were looking for a third option. Yeah, I mean, again, they've they, JP brings a lot more than his ability to just score. So no doubt. he can get away with scoring 10, 12 points in a game and still make a big impact. It feels like he can do that more this year. I mean, I don't know. He's he did a lot last okay. year too. It's it, it's been who they are. Well, they also lost thirteen games last year. So I mean, this is true. I mean, but like they win games when JP doesn't score. That's not out of the realm of possibility. As long as Trayvon's going to put twenty eight well, and Karen Cantor's going to score seventeen. Like the key is JP has to create offense for other guys if he's only going to score ten to twelve. And he did that. You mentioned Trayvon. He's pretty good at sports killer. I didn't think it would play out the way it did. But the reason I picked Xavier was because they had Trayvon Blewett and Cincinnati didn't. It was a larger dose of that than me, you know, thinking more if this game is close at the end, they have the guy that I want to take the shot. But did you think UC would be able to at least neutralize him a little more than they did? Not really. No? Okay. See, I did. I, I was shocked at the clean looks he got on the perimeter. Xavier ran some good stuff, and they always do, but UC's usually a really good defensive team, and he was getting a lot of clean looks. The thing that surprised me, the, the clean looks, when once Xavier gets you scrambling, That's true. you're in trouble. The thing that surprised me were 11 free throw attempts. And some of that was late when, you know, UC's fouling. To, you yeah, know, he was. He had nine of those in the second half. Yeah, but I mean. I still think that's one of the That's biggest, how he gets to 28. We were yeah. talking about that last year. I think that's one of the. One that's, of, that's the different. The flip, the flip that he switched in the, the NCAA tournament. The switch that he flipped. That's okay. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I was trying to say that, and I knew I was screwing up that's in my okay. head as I said it. I got you it. could you see did. the wheels turning. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, that's what happened in the NCAA tournament. He started playing that way. And we talked about it all way. last year, remember? Yeah, and, and it is it has definitely changed his game. It's made him a, a much bigger threat. It's made him a scorer, not just a shooter. Exactly. Even when he's not hitting threes, he's so difficult to guard now because he gets to the rim a lot more often. And also, it helps that... Quentin is constantly doing it. JP is constantly doing it. And Kaiser Gates can stretch the floor to give you even more room to operate. Can we go back to... He's a first-team All-American. I, 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 I I'm not going to disagree with that. And you can't the, find me... You can't find me five guys in the country playing better than the, he the, is The thing right I would say, now. Chad, is the more he does this as this season goes on and whatever other big games there are, Villanova, pick your Big East battles along the way. Seton the, Hall. The, the, yeah, Seton Hall. The more... I think that that should actually be talked about. It, it, as long as he does that in those type of games, that's the key. The, yeah, that is the key because that's where you got the national it's like audience. The Heisman, yeah. yeah, correct. You, you, you got to have your moments, and this was a good one for sure. He's going to have to have a few more in the nationally televised. Because yeah, type this games. isn't some guy that you go never heard of him really before. I mean, he's no, it's somebody you go. He's been at Xavier for fourteen right. years. Correct, yeah. correct. So that 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 certainly do, does help. Any other takeaways from Xavier? Um, I mean, Kaiser Gates has. 
really I didn't coming into this year I honest to god thought Kaiser Gates was in very dangerous territory to lose his minutes mm-hmm. because Najee Marshall is talented and Najee Marshall has given them something. He could give them more minutes than he's able to play right Except now. Kaiser Gates is playing really well. It, but Kaiser Gates looks like a completely different player. He's so much more confident. He offers so much more toughness. And last year they would talk about him being a good defender, but that was because he could actually move laterally, and Trayvon and JP can't. Right. So, like on that team, he was the most versatile guy, and they'd switch everything. This year, he's legitimately a tough defender. Whether that be him getting out on a wing, or more often guarding fours, like he did against UC, he was bodying up against Gary Clark just fine. He was not pushed around. He's tougher. He's bigger. He's stronger. He came in at like 225 pounds in the preseason, which was a big deal. He is. He has changed this team for. And a team high ten rebounds. His big thing was he didn't foul Gary. Yeah, he played him straight up because that's where Gary's been a different player this year. Granted, against lesser competition so far, but he's been getting to the free throw line and he's been an eighty-six percent free throw shooter or whatever. He only took oh, Gary four, Clark, free, four throws. free throws, two of four. Yeah, only took four free throws, and that you know if if, if he gets fouled on and those three were all or the second four, half. if he gets fouled on three or four of those field goal attempts and goes to the free throw line, now he's. Doesn't have a good day. He's five of eleven, five of twelve from the field, six but he of ends nine well, from the line. Yeah, yeah, he's six of nine for the line, and instead of fourteen points, he has eighteen or nineteen points. Right, and I think that's where Kaiser deserves a lot of credit. Is he held his ground? He didn't overplay because Gary's got good moves, especially once he faces up and he can get you with the spins and. And Gary hit a couple threes. Yeah, so like once that happens, you really it really yeah. makes it difficult to go. So through. credit to him on that for for not putting Clark on the foul line because I think that's. Where Gary has been the most improved this year is drawing contact. Kaiser stayed away from it. I thought Gary missed some shots that he normally makes, but when you're playing good positional defense, you make those shots a little bit tougher than you know what you're normally used to. So I, I, he gets a lot of credit for me for what he did. I know. I think you and I talked about it um, on this podcast. I know Berg and I definitely did when we were going through the matchups where it felt like Xavier had a clear advantage with Trayvon at the three, and it felt like UC had a clear advantage with Gary Clark at the four. But we said if somehow Kaiser Gates can somewhat – you know, cancel balance, out, yeah, yeah, balance Gary's production and doesn't get killed. That'll go a long way towards the Xavier win. He gets a double double with 10 and 11. And it's like, I mean, that he Gary out, had 14 and seven, right? So. He out rebounds Gary, doesn't quite score as much, but gives Xavier enough. I mean, that was a huge, huge day for Kaiser Gates. Yeah, you go 14 to 10 there. And at the three, you go 28 to, I mean, who are we calling the three? Well, I mean, I guess yeah. Jacob in yeah, theory, and, 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 theory but but got a lot of that in the second half. I thought Mike DeCourcy absolutely nailed yeah. that that article about we Jacob talk, Evans. Mike and I talked about it after the game. Like that's so. Do you, you want credit for Mike's article? Is no, 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 okay. no. Just, <laughs> he brought it up, but we we talked about it after the game that until Jacob becomes that guy, he had eighteen points in the second half. Yeah, and and and. That's where it gets because, like, you look at that he stat got line, aggressive in the second half, partly, but also he does it with easy points. He does it when Xavier starts turning it over because it's getting sloppy and UC's in desperation mode. He gets transition looks, and I will talk about UC more in a second. So I guess I'll save this for that. But no, anything no, no, else? Go, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you make the point. I was just going to say with 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 Jacob and Jaron both. If you go back and and when we recorded last week's podcast, I hadn't watched all the UC film in preparation for doing the matchups. I'd watched like half of their games against Alabama State and stuff like that, so I didn't have a great feel. You look at the numbers those two are putting up, and you think, man, those are big time scores, and and they're really playing well. And then you watch it, and it's like they're living off of wide open threes and layups in transition. They're not creating a lot of good looks for those guys, 
And I thought that's exactly what we saw in this game. When those guys didn't get easy transition looks in the second half because Xavier was getting a little sloppy, they weren't big factors. And to me, that as a UC fan, that would be the biggest concern about this UC team is what are you going to get out of those two guys against really good teams in the half court? Well, you need to – and we talked about this a little bit, Rick. That there's Mick has made it pretty clear that he wants to run the ball through Gary and play through Gary. Those are, those two guys can really score, man. I, like, can they play through them? Do, like, try I, to play through. Like, I feel like they can. Do you feel like against a half court, a, a good team, you know, as a Xavier, a, a Florida, Florida type team? Yeah. Can those two guys create their own shots in the half court? I think Jaron can. We haven't really seen much of it from Jake. Yeah, we've seen a couple times, but generally it results in a. You know, pull up seventeen footer. It doesn't result. Watching Jaron, it feels like in the half court. Now, now in transition, he is a freaking bull moose coming down the wing, and you ain't getting away. But in the half court, it always has felt like he he just wants to settle. I think the issue is he's he's timid. I think he struggles to get by guys because he's not quick. Like he, if he's downhill with a foot of steam, he's athletic. His strength should allow that though. At times, I know what you're saying. The problem is, I think he's gun shy right now because he's getting charged. Guys are just waiting for him. Yeah, well, and again, that's the issue. I don't think he can get around. Like, he has to go in a straight line to the rim. That's what we've always talked about with him. Yeah, he's a good vertical athlete if he's going in a straight line or jumping. But he's not quick laterally, doesn't have a lot of shape to him. So teams have got the scouting report that he'll catch and he'll go. And you better be ready to take a charge. Somebody's got to come over and be ready to to get him because the refs are dying to call it. Yeah, And, and if you have a physical wing, a guy who's strong enough to keep him from getting bullied and getting where he wants in the lane... I, I wonder if he can really create his shot against high-level defenses in the half court. I guess we'll find out. I, I do want to give Mac credit for one other thing. The defensive game plan to start. J.P. McCure on Justin Jennifer. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, that, that I saw it and I went, smart. Oh. Yeah, they said Jen, Justin Jennifer needs to beat us because we don't believe he's a real threat. They put J.P. McCure basically at the free throw line and it's, just let him a roam helper. as a, a helper. defender. Yeah, right. And it really clogged that lane and made it more difficult on Kyle and Jaron. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, Jake, and, Jake Jaren. and Jaren. And then Kane comes in, goes right by J.P. like two times, and that was that. But to start, I think it totally threw UC off because I don't think they expected that whatsoever and you had the additional length and strength of Gooden on Cumberland and then JP on Jacob where Cumberland can't go around him either so right there there, there you go well I mean you saw what it it was brilliant in that I'm sure that UC looked at it and said we're gonna get Jaron to go right at JP again like he did last year yeah when JP couldn't handle him And, and 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 for the record we do have to say like last year JP couldn't handle Jaron was more Jaron got three or four layups in transition, got fouled. And then on one time he got an, a tough and one from about the free throw line where yeah. he banked it in and kind of bullied JP. And then one time he blew his doors off, off the dribble, but it wasn't like he was dominating JP in the half court. It was like, I he mean, got a lot of good looks. He counted for like 14 points. <laughs> no, yeah, but, 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 not against, but not against, I did, but six of, six of yeah. them were in transition and only one of but them was really against JP. Generally you're not even like, if you're matching up that way, you're not even going to have them going up against each other in transition where, Jaron being stronger than JP is a factor. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of times it wasn't. It wasn't like Jaron was doing that damage against JP last year. We say that looking back, but then when I watched, went back and watched last year's game just the other night, it was like, oh, okay, he got one really good one on JP and then made a really tough and one from about the free throw line, like a bank shot. Yeah. Um, and then the, the rest were all transition opportunities where he was getting fouled or getting to the rim. And, so. Jennifer, and then Jennifer really couldn't keep keep Quentin in front the, on the other end. 
I mean, they're just, I mean, they're both too weak and too small, really, to guard Quentin Gooden and keep him. Quentin Gooden isn't going to kill you by getting to the rim, although he did get a couple layups in this game. But he gets into the lane create. at will and then create shots for right. everyone else. And right. that's what he's doing at such a high level. All right, speaking of you, there's, it feels like there's more issues coming out of this for UC, and, and that's probably an overstatement, but we'll get to a couple of these things. A couple of them, though, being one being Kyle Washington gave them almost less than nothing. Honestly, almost less than nothing. And I, and I, this probably is an overstatement, so you can jump me if you'd like. It feels like he has regressed significantly. No, this is, this is who he is. This is who he's been. Go back and look last year, Skinny, at, at the big games. Yeah, I, no, I guess it's legitimate. You're right. So what do you do then in big games? One's coming up in a week, less than a week. I tell you what. If, if Mick's tr- playing Trey Scott for extended minutes at the five, he's really trying to figure something out because yeah. he's really not happy with his big men. Nas, I mean, the, the Nizier Brooks thing, it, it, those were just mistakes from him that are inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Not running back and letting Sean O'Mara get six feet behind you. He has to be the hardest layups. playing dude yeah, every time he's on like, the court because that's all he has. That's, right. that's, that's his talent is <laughs> being play, a yeah. physical, hard-playing, rim-protecting dude. Yeah. And he wasn't doing that at all. Now, that's a new thing from him. We, we haven't really – that's not something with Nas that's been repetitive. Like, we're not – that's not something that's, the, you know – I don't know if being at, at Cintas for the first time got to him, whatever the case may be. Um, but with Kyle, I mean, this stuff is that's, – that's been him. Like – so I guess so. Here's, so what do you do in big games moving forward? Give him a couple of minutes and go. I'm going to see what you got for three minutes, and that's it. I'm done with you. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, but what's the answer otherwise? I guess is the big question, right? I mean, I guess that what we saw against Xavier for a while was was Trey Scott and Gary Clark together playing the four and five, and then we saw Eliel Sasemi. Come in, and I thought, he, I mean, when he was on the floor, I thought he, he he's not going to score. You but, know that. But what difference is he from Nizier Brooks if he's able to give you good minutes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, in terms, you're not losing yeah. anything by going to him instead of Brooks. Right. Because no. Brooks can't score either. And, and Ellie's probably actually a little bit more aggressive, a, a better shot blocker, and a better rebounder than, than Brooks is. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to watch going forward to see, you know, because coaching is in skinny – can attest to this because he's a phenomenal freshman coach. It, it's trust. It is trust. I mean, and, and there if is you don't have the I trust, mean, there is truth to that. If you don't have the trust to put Nizier Brooks in there, and 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 you think that it's a liability, you're just not going to do it. You're going to put the other guy that you know. At least he's going to do this. Ellie is going to play his rear end off, right. no matter what. And it's not like it's a talent substitution either. It's not like you're going, man, I'm taking a guy off the floor who can get me eight or ten on the other end because right. he's got good post moves. No, it's an effort guy for an effort guy. Right. Give me the guy that's giving the effort. Right. It's going to be a little physical presence. Uh, the other part is is what – I do don't you, know the answer here. All right, the other one then is is what to do at point guard moving forward because you made mentioned it, and it probably is true, is Kane Broom off the ball is probably better. Do you go back to the idea of, of, of Jacob Evans playing point and doing what he did in the second half and just coming downhill? To, to me, I – I, honest to God, at this point, fully believe that has to be their answer to beat good teams. Jacob at the point? I, because here's the thing. Kane Broom is a major weapon that they need on the floor, but I don't know how Chad feels about this, but I don't feel he can run their team from the point guard position. I feel like he has to be I, off the ball scoring. I, I think we are three weeks in jumping very fast to that conclusion. Yeah. That's, fa- that's fair. But There's, he's but again, he's their option if he can do it. Yeah. I, I mean, he had five assists. 
right. in the game. So, and he only had two turnovers. It wasn't like he was a disaster with the ball. No, no, I, no. But I think he's a scorer. I do too. But I, I think there are ways you can use him to initiate offense and then get him off the ball. Get you know, get the play started, and then you're right. I mean, and then you, you and then get yeah, him in other you positions. You're right. You can't. I, I don't. I don't know that after three weeks, I'm ready to pigeonhole him in as he can't play point guard. I agree with that. I agree I, with that. But do you agree now? That what we've been saying for a while that he yeah, has I've to be the guy that. over Justin. Yeah, I've said that all along. We've all agreed on that. Justin has improved immensely, but you're not beating Florida with Justin Jennifer as your starting point guard, exactly, or at least playing. At 17 minutes. Yeah, he can't play 20 minutes a game, honestly. Correct. He can play 10. 10. He can play 10. 12, 12, 10 to 12. Correct. If they're playing fast, uh, they're going to use them together a little bit. We've seen that a little bit more. We saw that against X a little bit that didn't really work because Jennifer can't be that second jet quick scorer. He doesn't get by anybody. He doesn't get by any, Like So here's, here's the dilemma I think that you have if you're Mick. Long term, I think Kane is probably going is the answer at point guard. Just not as a true point guard. He's not going to be a true point right. guard. You're going to have to do other things with him. Right. The question is, right now, you got to win two of these next three games. Well, I was I was going to get to that as, a, as another question. I mean, you've now put yourself against the wall to where if you and here's the problem. And you're not losing Mississippi State. I don't believe, and I think they're better. But I don't think they're you're undefeated. Lo- I, but I don't think you're losing to Mississippi State. So I'm going to give so I'm, I'm going to give them that win. But the UCLA and Florida, if you don't win at least one, one yeah. You are back in that four-ish, five-ish seed line. I hate no. to say that. Six or yeah, seven. Okay, maybe worse. Yeah. Okay, maybe worse. I then. don't think you. I mean, unless you like sweep Wichita and win the AAC tournament. Fair enough. If you right, go, fair enough. I was giving benefit of the doubt. Fair look, enough. If you go one and three, and the only win you get you're in this right. four-game stretch Miss is Mississippi State at home. At home, you're not getting a four. All right, fair enough. No, I totally, I, I totally hey. agree. Even, I mean, you could go damn near undefeated in the American. I don't know if you get a four after that. You can. I've been it, it called would, a million things, home or whatever. No, I no. Keep, I have kept it one hundred percent on this podcast. No, we we've talked about there there are the the those games are imperative because you just don't have a lot of opportunities to make a now make a a, a big seed win. Correct, and, and it is more imperative now. But I didn't think they were going to win at Xavier. So it isn't like I thought they were going to win at Xavier. So now all of a sudden, I, I, they're back and, against, and that, okay, against that, the wall. That's fair. So let me though, though jump, jump the way they played in losing to Xavier, though. Um, doesn't give you a lot of confidence playing a Florida. N- well, I think Florida is one of the best three or four teams they're, in the country. They're getting there. So, <laughs> so I, <laughs> they could play their best, and, I, and beating yes. Florida is going to yes. be absolutely tough. I think what we saw at the beginning of each half was a testament to what had been the talking point all week. Xavier had been tested. UC hadn't. And when you, like, we saw this in a couple of the, the bye games. They would come out in the first four minutes. I mean, the opener, the crazy, crazy yeah. three-point shooting team, they're jacking up threes, banking them in. You look it would up, be 14-6, but yeah. in the end, you're, you're better. You're just you, better. You can overcome that. It sure. doesn't matter. You can overcome it quickly. There was no urgency in, like, the first, like, and I think that's a big thing. I don't think there's a ton to, like, the experience, like, did you play this team? But I think that is an important part of it, is coming out of the locker room and knowing we got to put our foot on the gas now, now immediately, or they're going to stomp on us. And I think Xavier 100% was ready for that, and they did. And UC was kind of like, whoa. And then once they settled in, they found a little bit of a rhythm. But they got smoked the first eight minutes of each half. Smoked. What what would be because I agree with you that 
they weren't supposed to win this game. Uh, they weren't favored to win this game. This is not uh, an indictment and in saying Mick right. Brennan's best team ever is not his best team ever, and they can't be good now because they right. lost. Correct, and I think I think there is some. There's a feel to that though, like, for whatever reason. It's not fair. I, I agree if, with that. If you're oh, already back to Mick can't coach, yeah, and, and yeah. uh, I've got like three people on my board saying Larry Davis should be the head coach. Oh goodness, um, it is what's Kerry Combs doing? Is he available? I, I think side Jesus. I think he's taking the Tennessee football job. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Um, what I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding on that. By the way, go ahead. Uh, Westside Jesus. What would be though? Because I mean, again, if you're a UC fan, think about this fact: Xavier got absolutely demolished by Arizona State. State less or a little over a week ago. Gave up 102 points. Got beat by 16. And this week they looked great. So these things change very quickly, especially when you get back to home and stuff like that. Yeah. What would be your most legitimate concern coming from this game, though? That, from what you saw, the five. Because we didn't that we didn't think that was a problem, mm-hmm. and now it's it, it looks like a hole. Like I know Florida's not overly like huge. Like they're they're not they're a little bit more. And and I hesitate to say this because I think Mike White has his teams play physical. Yeah, but they're just not a big brawny, right. bulky. Yeah, with a dominant center that's going to kill you. He's not back yet. Yeah. Like if Johnny well, yeah, Bonu yeah, yeah, they do have one, yeah. just not playing right if now. If Johnny Bonu was was yeah. playing, holy cow. I I would say there's no chance UC beats Florida. Yeah. But I think the whole I mean, I think the point guard thing's going to work itself out. Because Kane is talented and it's there and if you got to play him off the ball a little bit with Jacob on the ball, that doesn't kill you. That doesn't change a whole lot. You've got a decent backup. Like I think that problem throughout the season works itself out. I look at the five now and I'm worried a little bit because what do we talk about with this team? They've got five guys that can score. Well, well, one, one had goose yesterday. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're working through this point guard thing. Now your center can't score. Jacob's not aggressive. Jaron's in a little bit of a funk and everybody's, digging and doubling and doing everything they can to take away Gary. Uh-oh. And if you had Kyle that was holding up his end of what we thought, those doubles on Gary, now you're getting post-to-post passing or you're moving the ball and you're getting it back to the other side and you're able to take advantage of that. If Kyle's going to go 0 for – What much. the hell was it? 0 for 4, 0 for 4. with two rebounds. In 14 minutes. In 14 minutes. This is not the team that that, that we've been talking about and thinking it was going to be. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good one. I, I, get, I have two, um, and one of them Chad's definitely not going to agree with. The other is we kind of already talked about. But, but for me, and I think it's just because of the immediacy of the fact that, hey, you, you do need to win a couple of these big games next. The point guard position, I just didn't think – I thought even if Justin Jennifer was your answer, you had a shot of beating good teams. They don't have a chance to beat Florida with the way their point guards played against Xavier. Like, not a chance to beat Florida. If, I mean, if Kane they, played well. I like Kane played well. I but think he, he did too, but, but that's not, not enough against Florida. Right. The way well, the point guard position was handled is not enough. Well, and here's the thing about Florida. Chris Chuiz is a dog. Yeah, and, and Kane's not exactly like the most physically tough, impressive dude at both ends. Yeah, like, I mean, he I'm can concerned score. about that against Florida for sure. And that's what I'm saying. For sure. Like, and, and, and so... And the other thing is, I really like Kane's game, for the record. I am not trying to be down on Kane Broom, because I think, I think he gives them a lot of upside, and I always have. Um, but I, I, don't, I do think 
Jacob and Jaron, as we discussed, might be the type of guys that need a point guard to get them some looks and get them going. I don't know how well Kane does that yet. He makes some great finds at times, but I also think once he gets in his mind that he's going, he's going. It gets yeah. tunnel vision. It's yeah. not I'm looking to spray I, to the shooter. And that's why I'll that's leave a it. Guy that scored twenty three and a half points a game that's doesn't sophomore. know how to score less. And than I know 15. you're right. He wants to go through Gary Clark. I, I, I'm going through Jacob Evans and saying create some stuff for us. Create something for you because you're a tough matchup, and you'll create for others because you're unselfish. Well, and and that would lead me to my second point. And this, you know, the whole stuff that Mick Cronin can't coach is silly. However. I would say, and admittedly, I need to go back and watch the game a few times and see the possessions a little bit better, but from what I saw yesterday during that game, I would be a little bit concerned about the fact that Mick Cronin didn't think offense was an issue in that game afterwards, and that may be just him being stubborn, but I also would be concerned about the fact that they're, they didn't run much to create good looks for their scorers in the first half when they were getting blown out, and the idea that, well, Gary's our guy, so we play through him, and that's what we want to do, that's fine. But you know Xavier runs a pack line. You know they're great at crowding the post. You know they're not going to defend Gary one-on-one. And you still don't adjust when that's not working? Run something on the offensive end. Get a little pace going. Quit walking the ball. I mean, it looked like Troy Copain was back at point guard on a lot of possessions where they're walking in the half court. It's a pass, a slow jog to the corner. And that's a great kind of final point to get on is is – we talked about will he trust what he wanted to do in the preseason in big games. Well, they've already slowed down the pace. I, I mean, this game got a little bit up the there because they were pressing. Yeah. But those last three games I just looked at before, they were right back in the mid-60s yeah, against it, teams that they could have dictated the pace against. Yeah, probably. Although, I, I again, I can't expect you to, to well, have an intensity level against... Two of those games were in the Caymans, and they were up 30-4 to four at the beginning of the game. Right. So it was yeah. just kind of get through this. And, Nobody and, get hurt. Right. Let's and, and get that, home. The, the, the Alabama State game, I think they they slowed down a little bit more than they should have, and that kept the game closer than it. You know, it was in that twenty thirty range when it probably should have been fifty. But uh, just context on those two games in the Caymans, that was three games in three days. Yeah, Let's get healthy. I'm going to give we were a pass up, on that. Too. We were up twenty five in we, ten we, minutes. We wondered in a big game. Yeah. Would no. You, and, would and, you and, stick and that's to fair. Your principles. But. This one was back in the 70s. And, and that's fine. I guess my point would be, and, and this has always been the thing, even going back to last year, for, for UC a lot of times, even more so than possessions, it's about pace in the half court and what you're yeah. running. And sometimes I just think they want to grind it out way too much in the half court. And like, that's fine. Gary's awesome. I love Gary Clark. Get him the ball, but run some stuff to it sure. and play with a little more pace in the sure. half court and not just grind it out. Sure. I don't disagree. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any final points? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I, we don't need to get into a huge argument about this, but I will just say my final thoughts on this idea that trash talking doesn't happen in every game. This idea that trash talking is such an issue that needs to be curtailed. I'm not a big fan of it. As this you know. idea so that gonna, I, I just don't like it. Yeah, that it's. I mean, what we saw yesterday to me was just outrageous. Like I, di- I didn't think like it didn't bother me at all. I didn't care, but the reaction that oh, this is a big feud between JP and Mick. What? JP does this with lots of guys, coaches, players, all types of stuff. Like it's never this much of an issue. They ignore him or whatever, and he usually keeps it to the court. It, what, there's not extracurriculars. He's not a bad guy who's wanting to fight people. I'm I'm shocked that so many people really think trash talking is this big of a deal. I am. No, I, I know it goes on. I just don't. It doesn't mean I like it. That's fine. But like we do a podcast every week, and I really don't hear you complain about it this much. And yet, when JP does it, it's a big deal. You, you're he because should never play about again. Xavier and Cincinnati. Correct. Like, yeah, I mean, correct. I mean, I, if St. Joe's and Temple are going at it on a Tuesday night, I could care less. Right, but we've I, seen we've seen situations me. with guys trash talking before. I've never heard you say they should have to apologize or shouldn't be allowed to play. You take them off the court. That's me, silly. To if me. You can give me it's specific so on that. 
I'll, I'll buy it. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I'll, I'll go on the record right here. I just don't like it. I never have. I just can't stand it. That's fine. And, and, and same thing in the handshake line. Shut your mouth, shake a hand, and get your ass to the locker room. And, it's not and, hard. And the second, the other thing I would say about it is, I'll call him out right now by name. Mike DeCourcy, Paul Doherty, front row, couldn't ask enough questions of two Holloway and Mark Lyons after the shootout brawl. Wanted to get all types of information about them, about what happened. This whole thing happens. They wouldn't ask one single question to Mick about it. And then, when he refused to answer other reporters' questions, wouldn't push him about it, didn't want to write. I mean... It's, it's bizarre to me. And not only that, but Doc got mad that he wasn't able to grill JP about it after the game and wrote as much in his, his column. I thought that was incredibly weak. And also, his column about the shootout, shootout getting lost in the shuffle in the city was ridiculous. ridiculous. Totally. Did you see the media room yesterday? I couldn't sit down afterwards because there were too many people covering the damn game. No, you, you know what kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit is Red's Fest, <laughs> believe yeah. it or not. I mean, yeah. it gets the B-roll, but it doesn't get a whole well, lot else. I mean, don't really. tell Doc that. He likes going to Red's games and hanging out with Marty in the summer. I, I know this will make Xavier fans happy. To, to pull back the curtain a little bit, I, um, I came because we're there's not a ton of seating for media. Dang. So I Double came dick. down with like, I came down with the under four and watched the last couple minutes right underneath the basket um, where Xavier goes into the tunnel back to the locker room. And then the horn went off and I went into the media room not thinking anything because it didn't seem like there was anything going on. So I'm just kind of back there standing, hanging out and when the JP is the first Xavier player that came into the tunnel and dude, he had the biggest crap eaten grin. Exactly. Like he had, he had just gotten exactly it's fun. What he wanted. He had just gotten exactly what he wanted. Winning's more fun, but they won. They won. I know. And he, and he got the satisfaction of, 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 Yo, and for the record, but that's what he wanted, Skinny. Oh, that's, I know that. That's why you can't give him that if you're Mick. Right. Totally agreed. And we have video evidence. JP never made a motion to Mick. He didn't walk towards him when Mick came after him. Like, it's not like JP wanted to fight anyone. He was behind his teammates, didn't even flinch. He was just like, I have nothing to do with this. I'm, I have no doubt in my mind he said something. No doubt, but he said something. It's that. It's, it's words. You know, and just like, move on. I, I don't have a problem with the trash talk. I'm just saying, you if you're going to you allow don't. it, then you have to, to then, take it on the chin when. When stuff comes up, that's but, all. But what have like? I guess what haven't they taken on the chin? No, I'm not saying they haven't. Okay, yeah, I, like I just no. Go back to what I my point three that I made earlier. They they own it now. Point two point six. Two point six. Side. They own it. Side now. rule A. But that's that's all I'm saying is if you're gonna do it, own it, and they own it, and, and they do, and, and I, I think okay. it's a fun team to watch. I, I'll be honest, like I I do. It's because you're an ass. Well, um, then, well then on that note, <laughs> you got it, one more. Hey, you got one more. Pretty good weekend for the AAC. It was actually. We'll pretty, touch on that. Pretty good we'll touch on that on AAC. Wednesday. Up until that Temple score that you tweeted out earlier, which well, cracked uh, me up because I was really trying to give the AAC no, credit. This I weekend. was too. I was, like this is so funny, Skinny. I had just gotten home. I had to go pick up my mother-in-law. She's coming up to help out Kelly with some stuff over the next week or two. Um, so I went down. I picked her up. I came back home. I, I was driving, so I wasn't really on my phone. I, I sit down on my couch. I look and I see UCF beat um, Alabama. 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 Held Colin Sexton scoreless. Holy crap. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I scrolled two things down. Two accounts down. Temple Al's official account. Temple loses to George Washington. Oh, just as a, a miserable. As, as a ten and a half point favorite. A, a miserable. miserable George yes. Washington team. They were a ten and a half point favorite at their place. That's one of those like, hey, how about that? Look at the league. Because SMU got a big win yesterday. Houston got a big win over Arkansas yesterday. I was in. And, I was in on it. And Tulane held Carolina under 100. 
9773, I think. Get her done. So I, I was feeling pretty good. And then you said Temple, who I think has probably got the best chance to get an at-large right. bid. They they lost to George Washington. That doesn't help. Second Sunday in a row they've lost to they lost to Drexel or somebody yeah. last Sunday. After getting off to a nice start. After getting off to a very nice start. All right, boys. Take a breath. Take a deep breath. There's a lot of college basketball season ahead of I us. I thought we were good today. Yeah, I didn't think that was very rattled up at all. Okay. You got red-faced twice. For like the first twice. 30 seconds. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. we were good today. And your beard hides yours, so you're good to go, too. All right. We will be back on Wednesday to talk a lot more college basketball. Thanks for being with us on this Crosstown Shootout Recap Edition of the Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition.